We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, welcome to another edition of the Cash Considerations Podcast. This is Jason Pat, as always with Ricky O'Donnell. And uh, there is a lot of shit going on with the Chicago Bulls right now. Uh, historic losses by 56 points, leadership committees, mutinies, or if you'd like to call it a mutiny, I know some people was making the, were making those jokes. Just a lot of crap going on right now. Ricky, you just wrote a great column today over at Bloggable about how John Paxson should fire himself. So, Ricky, I guess I'll turn it over to you just to start. We can talk about your column and just like this whole general laughing stock that the Chicago Bulls, Bulls are right now. So, you talk about what you wrote today for at Bloggable.com. Yeah, Jason, great job on our objective being to swear less. We're swearing within 15 seconds of opening this episode. But fuck the Bulls. They're terrible. I know we went a little hard on the Fred Hoiberg podcast. Like, that was me and you at our worst. That was us being the worst versions of ourselves. But at the same time, I feel like we've only been more justified in how upset we were on that initial episode. It's only gotten worse. (laughs) It's only gotten fucking worse. It's like... I've been ripping the bulls for so long at this point, and that didn't always used to be the case. For people who have followed my work, uh, you know, for the last decade or whatever, like, I used to be a really positive bulls fan. I used to write the most glowing things about the Thibodeau-era teams, about D-Rose, about Joe Kim Noah, about Taj Gibson. That was a team that the city could really identify with in in a team that made us proud as bulls fans. The problem is that ever since... You know, Rose Torres ACL, everything that's happened since, it's just been this entire franchise doubling down on every mistake they've ever made. And that's why we got so upset during the Hoiberg podcast. I had a lot of people like tweeting at me, bro, it's only Fred Hoiberg. Fred Hoiberg sucks. Why are you so upset? Imagine getting this upset about Fred Hoiberg. The thing is, it's not... It's not fucking about Fred Hoiberg. Never about Fred Hoiberg. Hoiberg. I don't fucking care about Fred Hoiberg. Fred Hoiberg's doing fine. He's making 25, whatever. He's getting the, his full contract, another $5 million next year. Like, he's fine. It was never about just, like, Fred Hoiberg himself. Like, yeah, maybe he got a raw deal in terms of, like, the rosters. Yeah, but whatever. All, he was bad. He was, not very, he was not a very good NBA coach. Not about Fred. Continue. The point is, it's the same bullshit over and over and over and over again. 
year after year, we're so far past the no swearing quota at this point, by the way, Jason. So let's just, we're going to push that till next week. Next week, <laughs> if there's, if I you mean, know, we need to keep it real for the dad, for the dad carpool listeners, like we're sorry about that. Uh, so sincere apologies on that. Yeah, I guess like, we might have to start these with like a parental warning or like parental guidance warning or adult content warning i guess i know like binge mode that i listen to and the ringer they always start every podcast that's adult content we, we might have to start doing that too if we're gonna keep you know what but this is just what the bulls bring out of us it's yeah. like bulls you you have no excuse to be so bad and it all comes from the top down and that's why like you can fire hoiberg you can blame the players for everything that's happened during this first week with Jim Boylan. But at the end of the day, it all starts with Jerry Reinsdorf, into Michael Reinsdorf, into John Paxson, into Garforman. And that's why I just had to light up Paxson today. Now, I'll admit, if anyone who remembers my season opening column, it was something like, the Bulls have no plan, no direction, no hope. I was dropping bombs on the Bulls preseason. Pretty much everything I wrote has totally come true. Not that I am bragging or taking any credit for that because anyone with half a brain knew the Bulls were going to be dog shit this year. Internally, the Bulls themselves, sources say, sources say, thought that they were going to be very good. I think the Bulls were pretty confused as to... Are you, are you, dropping, are you dropping some uh, reporting on us right now? Is that, uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Yes and no. But I, I think the Bulls internally thought they were going to be pretty good. I, I, I feel like that... I mean, Paxson literally said at the end of last season or whenever it was maybe media day that like, he didn't want to go through another tank season. He didn't, they did not want to go through this. And obviously the injuries have played a part in it, but like, I'm pretty sure they wanted no part of tanking again based on what they said. Well, you know what the good thing is they wanted no part of tanking the year. They got D Rose either that year. They went from 49 wins to 49 losses. I wrote this in the lead of my column today. That was the year Paxson tried to quit. They ended up giving him a promotion. Gar Foreman took over as GM. I think Gar won executive of the year the next season which is he in the 20 whatever the year they won 62 games he won and they i mean they deserved it they uh oh. i mean they put they did what i mean i know they missed out on whatever all the heat guys but like they they rebounded well like getting boozer was still good for those first few years they built a great bench like they deserved all the all the credit there for those first few years that was what eight years seven eight years ago at this point it was like, also a different it, era of the league and i'm not sure I'm not going to say I'm not sure. I'm positive that these dopes cannot build a good team for this era of the league without a major blessing. And, like, that is kind of the whole thing that hangs over my column today, which is ripping John Paxson for being in charge for 15 years, for never accepting any bit of accountability. It's like, yes, Jerry Reinsdorf's never going to light a fire under your ass because he doesn't give a shit. How about, like, looking in the fucking mirror, John Paxson, and thinking about... What have I done to deserve this trust? What have I done to deserve this job, this title, this salary? You've done nothing. You gave me Andres Nocioni. I'm very thankful for that. You made a really good trade for John Salmons back, John Salmons back in the day. Uh, you drafted Joe Kim Noah over Spencer Hawes, praise the Lord. He's done some good things. I don't want to yeah, make yeah. it seem like John Paxson he, is like a total zero. Is it took us out of the the awful Floyd era. Like the I I loved watching the the, the Gordon Heinrich Dang teams. Like I know they never got they never got over the top, whatever you want to call it. They obviously did not not able to take the next step, but like they went from legitimate like dog shit. Like I guess like they are right now. 
I mean, and even worse. I mean, those years were as bad as it gets after Jordan retired. Like that was just complete abomination. And they, and they had us. They, I, I, I remember. I think Casey was tweeting that when they lost by 53 points back then, and like Fred Hoiberg was on the team. Like those teams were fucking terrible. And Paxson did some nice things as GM to to at least build back up to at least respectability. But then, like again, it's just it's never they've never been able to take the next step. And obviously, in the last five six years, it's been mostly garbage. I have an announcement to make on this podcast, Jason. Please do. You know, my, my story, I just got a notification on my phone that it was liked by A.J. Guyton, former oh, man. pick, former Indiana star. Wow, A.J. Guyton. I did tag Zach Levine in my reply tweet to the story today, so hopefully Zach reads it too. Even though I kind of ripped Zach, so I'm like, Paxson, resign Zach. Anyways, <laughs> I like Zach. And I feel like the fact that Zach basically confronted Boylan perhaps confronted Paxson and Foreman, like, that just makes me like Zach so much more. Like, Zach has obvious holes in his game, but, like, don't fucking tell Zach Levine that he's not in shape. Don't tell Zach Levine that he lacks toughness. Don't tell Zach Levine he needs to spend his practice time doing fucking push-ups. Fuck you, Jim Boylan. And <laughs> Boylan is such an extension of Paxson. Yeah, so, guess, yeah, so, yeah, let's, ext- let's, let's, let's go into, like, I guess just like, exactly what's, like, caused this entire rip and it's basically been the change to Boylan they they had the first game that Boylan had they lost 96-90 to the Pacers and we heard all like broadcasts about basically just like the rah-rah like from the broadcast in the studio just the rah-rah look at the team's effort it's so much better now blah 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 blah. Boylan puts them through all these practices with the suicides and like you mentioned the push-ups like that that's like high school type practice stuff going on uh, and they come out and they have their best game of the year on Friday. They beat the Thunder, who had been rolling one of the best teams in the league. Somehow they all play, it was a great team effort. And then comes the complete disaster. You lose by 56, you get booed off the court. Boylan talks about this big game about, oh, we're gonna have this. I'm gonna bench all my starters multiple times because I'm not gonna play them at all. Because we're gonna have a hard practice. And just like this whole just rah-rah act of his, it's almost just like, and it's kept going. Like even after all this drama with, with the team having this possible mutiny and this te- the team getting, getting together and thinking about not showing up and then showing up and then saying we're not practicing. And he's just got kept the whole rah-rah thing going and like putting out a bunch of bullshit. Like the stuff about where it's like, well, I wasn't actually going to have this practice. And this is why you guys need to trust me. When like he's on camera the night before after the Celtics game being – I wanted th- these guys to play less because I wanted them to practice hard. Like he's just all over the place, and just the constant rah rah stuff, the stuff about the the Greg Popovich stuff has just irked the hell out of me. And that was in the reporting from the Yahoo article from Chris Haynes and Vin- Vinny Goodwill about how some some player, I don't know if that was Levine, possibly it was just like, dude, like you bring like you're not Greg Popovich because Boylan brings it up all the time to the media. He did it again yesterday. Uh, <clears throat> it seems like he's done it to the players and. Somebody told him reportedly, like, dude, you're not Greg Popovich. We're not those Spurs teams. Like, it's not that shit's not going to fly here. And he just, he's just got to chill out with it. Like, I'm not going to give up on the guy like immediately after one week. But just like, he seems like he's trying so hard to be an anti Hoiberg and like go into like the full old school pop persona that it's just, like that shit just does not fly, especially in the NBA these days. In an era with player, with players are taking more control of where they want to be. No player is going going to want to be a part of this nonsense. First of all, he's already lost the team. So, yes, I'm ruling him out after one week. He never (laughs) should have got the job in the first place. Jim Boylan sucks ass. No one should respect Jim Boylan at all. And the fact that 
part of the fan base is like, well, the players lost by 56. The players should not be, not want to practice. First of all, no one in the NBA does this shit. Like, throwing a hard practice on a back, like, it, in the one day off when you have three games and four nights is ridiculous. And, and after the hard practices earlier in the week, they basically had, what, a game on Tuesday, and then, like, I think multiple two-and-a-half-hour practices the next two nights, and then the back-to-back. Like just, just no, like just not gonna happen. And and then the and then they get they get blown out by the Kings on Monday night after they get they lose by thirty in the second half. You have the Kings players, the fucking Kings, like the team that's been like the height of dysfunction the last. They're good. They're good this season. They're pretty solid this season. But you have Kings players clowning them and talk supposedly saying like, oh, get ready for another long practice, guys. Like we got the Kings players clowning them right now. Like that's how that's how low this is. Here's the key point in. All this Boylan bullshit, though. It's like, Boylan is the reason they lost by 56. Not the players. They were down 23 points. 21 at halftime. They play three minutes in the third quarter. They go down 5-3. to Boylan pulls the starters for the remaining 21 minutes of the game. So, they were only down 23 at that point. Only down 23. I know. Guess what? The Bulls... They were going to lose, but like... Yeah. That did not need to be a 56-point loss. Yeah. That, the fact that that's a 56-point loss, that's on Jim Boylan's ugly fucking head. <laughs> and Zach Levine has every right to be mad about it. He said it after the game. He's like, it just sucks having to sit there and knowing that, you know, we could have done more. Like, I could have done more. Like, no one wants to be involved in the worst loss in franchise history. No yeah. one wants to be involved in the worst loss in NBA history for a home court team. That loss only happened because Boylan wouldn't put his best players back in the game. Boylan didn't put his best players back in the game so they could have a hard practice tomorrow. And the player said, you know what? Fuck you. You can't do this shit to us. We're calling the union, which was absolutely the right move. That's why the union exists. Boylan comes in, starts talking all this bullshit about Popovich. Guess what happened to Greg Popovich last year? Kawhi Leonard said, fuck you. I'm not playing for you. And now the Spurs have gone to Pop- shit because of it. It's a player's league. It's not this, you know, 1980s aesthetic that Boylan is trying to create under Paxson's guys in with Reinsdorf's approval. All this stuff starts from the top down. Boylan is the projection of Paxson, who is only able to pull this shit off because Reinsdorf lets him. So that's the issue. Like, you can, yes, it might look bad on paper for the players, to me, the players handled it the way they were supposed to. It's like the Bulls starters would not have lost that game by 56 points. The Bulls starters have some pride in themselves. Jim Boylan doesn't have any pride in himself because he's never been in this position any before and because he doesn't deserve to be in the position of handling professionals when he's going to coach them like high school kids. All of this is just so completely ridiculous, and it just shines a light on how someone like Hoiberg never had a chance to succeed in the first place. We're probably going too light on Hoiberg. I would say that was my one criticism of our Hoiberg episode of the podcast. Like, Hoiberg sucked. I don't want to defend Fred Hoiberg. The fact that the Bulls are making us Fred Hoiberg apologists is the most damning shit in the entire world from Paxson, from Foreman. So here's what the Bulls need to do. They need to move on from Paxson and Foreman. Until that happens, none of this is ever going to change. And now... 
think about all of the attention the Bulls have received just in the last couple of days for this bullshit. There goes your 2020 plan. There goes your Anthony Davis hope to, you know, to sign him in free agency. No one's going to sign with this team because it's run like some junior varsity bullshit. It's never going to be an organization that values the players. My boy John Wilms of the Take It or Break It podcast with Corbin Smith. John Wilms tweeted last week that the Bulls have somehow treated Gar Foreman with more dignity than Michael Jordan. God, think about that for a second, because it's true. They've been more loyal to Gar than they were to MJ. That's the type of franchise this is. Jerry Reinsdorf does not give a shit about the Chicago Bulls. If you think that Reinsdorf was even a little bit perturbed while all this Boylan stuff was going down and the Bulls were the laughing stock of the NBA media, you're totally wrong. He did not yeah. He's got Harold the whole thing. He cared that he was lobbying in front of that veterans committee or whatever to get Baines the vote. He doesn't care about the Bulls. He all he wants the Bulls to do is make money. He told Michael Reinsdorf, his son, a long time ago, whatever you do, don't sell the Bulls. Yeah, because the Bulls are a cash cow that you have literally tarnished from a global brand to just some fucking mid-market NBA bullshit. So uh that's what i was trying to convey in my column today it's like paxton you tried to quit once already you didn't because you got promoted quit now because you suck and then call me on the phone so i can tell you you suck to your face (laughs) because you're awful john paxton and until he continues to be until he's gone it's gonna be the same bullshit over and over now with that being said jason what have we talked about on this podcast every single week well, if they get Zion, and that's the thing. If the Bulls win the lottery and they get Zion, suddenly Paxson's going to look okay because then everything falls into its place. And that's really the value of a superstar in the NBA. Now Zach Levine's your secondary scorer. He doesn't need to handle the ball as much. Now Markkanen is spacing for a high IQ, big, powerful offensive initiator. Who can take anyone off the dribble? Now Wendell Carter's two-way game is elevating everyone else around him. But if they don't get Zion, Jason, they are going to be a disaster for the foreseeable future. And this all happened because Paxson was too much of a coward to try to build a good team around Jimmy Butler. So we can, you know, relitigate the Butler trade as much as we want, but it's going to continue to hang over this franchise as long as they're dog shit. And the Bulls can sit here and tell you, we won the Jimmy Butler trade. Look at what happened in Minnesota. We got Larry Markin. We got Zach Levine. Guess what, Bulls? You haven't won shit until you actually win something. To me, both teams lost that trade. The Bulls lost out on actually having a legitimately good team in the Eastern Conference. The Timberwolves, they at least made the playoffs. They did something, and then it all fell apart because they decided to give a bunch of money to Andrew Wiggins. Uh, although the Timberwolves have been playing better. Like, Robert Covington's good. Sarge is pretty good. Like, they're doing a little better for themselves. So, I mean, they're still probably pretty mostly happy. Jason, I'm so worked up again. And I feel bad for swearing so much. And I'm sorry to all the dads out there driving their kids in the carpool because you can't listen to the Cash Considerations podcast for children in the car. But Bulls, I want to love them. I'm a Bulls fan. I take no joy. I don't want to be this negative. People think that, like, me and you do this. To, like, gain attention for like, like, hate clicks. Like, no, definitely not. <laughs> no, absolutely not. 
The problem is that no one in the mainstream media holds their feet to the fire the way they should. I mean, I guess Cowley does. Cowley, my boy. My boy Cowley does, no doubt about that. Uh, uh, I guess speaking of that, this is on top of all the other stuff that's been going on. Uh, Cowley wrote a column on this on, that came out Saturday, I think right before that Celtics game, or like right as the Celtics game was like starting or happening. Uh, and it was about Gar Foreman's role in Hoiberg's firing. And that apparently there was some sources about how a couple years ago, like I guess Foreman was like inner was like meddling with the team and like the players weren't happy with him. Would and I would assume the source is Jimmy Butler or someone from around Jimmy Butler. I always just assumed that with Kyle. It was obviously straight from Jimmy Butler. Yeah. So it was like it was like Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade were name dropped. And then like later it's like, oh player sources said like this happened. And that like Gar wanted to fire Fred back then. He didn't, but then so then he used now as I have no idea like how true all this stuff is, but like there is a lot out there now. A lot of reports, a lot of Gar's talk like, about Gar being a snake. I mean, Jimmy Butler's like trainer said it after the trade. Uh, I mean, we mentioned we've mentioned before how Derek Rose talked about how dealing with made an offhand comment the other few weeks ago about how he doesn't have to deal with the Bulls for an office anymore. I feel like, and I feel like just around the league, just people do not have a high opinion of Gar Foreman. That he's just not liked at all. So Good like, ball. Foreman should be fired immediately. Because he's already had most of the power shipped away from him. Yeah, I don't even get... I like. I don't think he has much influence within the organization. He probably I, will get fired just to appease the fans. I honestly think that that could happen. I, I, it, I kind of think so, too, because I've, like, I, had, I had some arguments last week with people who like, think, oh, like, why should you change this for an office? Like, can you really do any better? And then I'll be like, well, like, what do you think about... Like, what would you think about just like, firing Gar Foreman? And it, it, I feel like a lot of these people defend their front office kind of do it because they like Paxson because he's he's because he whatever he won a title he was part of the early dynasty years like he did some nice things before so I feel like a lot of fans at least who defend the front office are are fans of Paxson I haven't found anybody that is like a Gar Foreman supporter so like I feel like imagine imagine the type of person I mean you would have to be uh, your wife would have to be best friends with his wife to be a Gar Foreman supporter. That's Michael Rastow. Yeah. 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 So, like, I feel like that definitely would be a move, though. I feel like that would at least make some sense and at least appease in some fashion. Like, obviously, I know you want full-blown Paxson needs to go now and needs to fire himself. Honestly, I, I would probably lean more towards you, but I would kind of be appeased if at least they firing Foreman, it just, like, seems like there's just, like, nothing that can happen. We're just, like... We're just so accustomed to just no, no account, accountability that if there was at least some in the firing of Foreman that, and at least if like Paxton was like put on watch where it's like, hey, if you like don't make the playoffs next year, like you got to go next to like, I'll, I'll absolutely take that. If there was like a mandate where, where far, Gar gets fired now and Paxton is basically on like his last leash, I'll, I would, I would, that would appease me. I would take that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Paxton's got to go. Like. That's I know, I know. Like, honestly, like, ideally, I mean, they just clean house, much- right? Because they're a laughing stock. But, like, I will take anything at this point to at least get the ball rolling. Gar's not enough for me. Gar's not enough. I mean, Pax- Gar has to go just so I don't have to look at his dumb fucking head. And then after that, Paxson needs to go right with him. Because Paxson has built probably the worst culture in the NBA this side of the Dallas Mavericks, which is just on a whole nother level that even transcends sports. In terms of just basketball and just NBA stuff, 
I mean, you have so many incidents. Paxton should have got fired for choking Vinny Del Negro. Paxton should have got fired for playing an injured Luol Deng and Omera Sheik. Paxton should have got fired for creating the entire locker room that led to the Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler versus Rajon Rondo feud. Paxton should have got fired for, you know, just the way they botched the Rose stuff. For everything, for the Bobby Portis punching Miritich in the face, all of that is Bulls culture. Bulls culture is the most ass-backward shit in the entire world. And that's the culture that John Paxson created. He has said himself that he's the one who creates the culture. Well, guess what, bro? Your culture sucks. And no one likes your culture, besides for other old white guys who are still going to, you know, glorify the Kevin McHale era. So clean house... Get this team on the right foot for once. Maybe you could sign a free agent then. Instead, you're just going to blame Derrick Rose for not recruiting well enough. No, it's you. It's you, you asshole. (laughs) I am just, I mean, Paxson sucks. I want Paxson to call me so we can talk about this. Like, man, me being a a 31-year-old emo teenager and him being, uh, you know, a guy who went to Notre Dame. Just call me John Paxson because you're trash. We don't respect you. We should have him on the podcast. I'm sure he would totally indulge us after we've just basically trashed him for, or we've been trashing him for years. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, that, yeah, that's kind of tough to follow. I guess, like, I don't even, like, know, like, where, I guess where the Bulls, like, even go from here now. Like, they're, start, they're starting the leadership committee. Jim Boylan is, uh, he's fired up. He's, I, what, was, what was the exact terminology used today? I'm juiced, man. I'm jacked up about it. Like, like I said, the guy's like almost just like a caricature of like, w- like a meatball, like coach, coach, just the coachy, McCoacherson, coachiest coach. Like there, there is. And it's just like, I can't, it's been a weekend. It's just like, I, I, I almost can't get enough of it. I'm honestly like, I'm getting like fired up. or like angry right now, but like some of it's just kind of hilarious. And I like, kind of hope it keeps going lower. Like I, I said the other day that I feel like the, whatever, like this weekend was rock bottom. Like, and what if it isn't, what if it just like keeps getting like <laughs> lower and lower? Like, which again, like that could lead us to Zion Williamson, which is great, which I, which yeah. I feel like that's what rock, we got to hope for. Like keep getting worse. When they get the fifth pick in the draft. That's rock bottom, bro. And then they draft <laughs> Romeo Langford or something. Yeah, just, just keep getting worse. Keep losing. I mean, you just lost at home by 19 points to the Kings they're six and twenty-two. Like they're going to Mexico now to play the Magic, who are like no good. But if you and I mean, if they lose that game by against a mediocre, whack Magic team, like six and twenty-three. Like I know they have some of their better players back, but that didn't matter yesterday. So like, I guess just keep losing at this point. Like keep making an ass of yourself. Maybe that actually does spark some sort of embarrassment in the bowels of Jerry Reinsdorf. And something changes, and then the Bulls get Zion Williamson, maybe with an and with a new front office and everything, we can be happy again. Like I don't know, but I just I just don't even know where they like how they rebound rebound from this, where they go, what this leadership committee is going to do. Like I mean, I don't even know like what even is that? Like the leadership committee? Like, like I saw Cody Westerland tweet something about this earlier about how like you want like leadership to like happen organically, guys step up on their own, but now like they're doing this thing, it just seems so fucking phony. Like. Uh, I don't know. Sucks, dude. John Paxson sucks. He's made some good draft picks, which is the most important part of team building. Yeah, like Lowry and Wendell like- cuts it at every other opportunity. John Paxson sucks. Leave. Good. No one likes you. Just don't work for the Bulls anymore. 
Go spend time with your family. You made a lot of money. They can even keep you on payroll. I don't care. But he is not fit to run the Bulls anymore. And the only reason he even has a job is because Ryan Storff doesn't give a shit. Right. Well, I, like you even, I can't even remember if you've mentioned this just now, but like you wrote in your column, like Paxson tried to quit in 2009, or like when Gar got the job. Paxson tried to quit, and he ended up like getting a promotion out of it. Like, how does that even happen? Okay. Oh, God, I don't know, man. I don't know. Wild. Um, I like I don't even know like what else to say. Like, I guess here, I guess. Here's something. Uh, so obviously, like it's been talked about how like m- how much Levine uh, played a role in s- seemingly this mutiny. And there was a report. I think was this from the Yahoo one, wherever it was the Yahoo one. The like, there's been so much stuff out there that it was supposedly like a veteran that supposedly kind of got the ball rolling here. Do you think that was Justin Holiday? That was I my mean, guess. There was the uh, Ramona Shelburne video where she basically said it was Zach Levine. You think? That he was the one who like started the whole thing with like the tip was I think it was the Yahoo article said that a team veteran like yeah. was the one who started like the text chain and obviously Levine was a big part of it like no doubt about it when they said veteran I wouldn't really consider Levine a veteran I guess he has been this is like his fifth season but like I was thinking Holiday because Rolo was one of the guys that kind of got them to come in um, so I thought maybe that veteran was Justin Holiday was Justin Holiday is a dude who's been playing his ass off 35 36 minutes a game. Uh, he's up there towards like the leaderboard and like what uh, in minutes he runs around like he's he's definitely been busting his ass all year and like having arguably the best season of his career. So like I could definitely see him being a guy that would be mad. Uh, and and if it was him, I expect him to be traded within a week or two. <laughs> I, I've I've been calling for him to be traded for weeks now because any a lot of teams could use him. There have been rumors out over the last like day or a couple days already that teams are checking in, but the Bulls aren't sure if they're going to trade him. I feel like it would not surprise me at all if Justin Holiday is traded very soon. But like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was him. Maybe it wasn't. Like we don't know for sure. This is all speculation based on the reporting that's out there. But it's clear that Zach Levine paid a big part. I'm guessing that Holiday might have as well. These the two guys have been playing huge minutes. I know Lowry and Rolo stepped up, and it was nice to see Lowry. I guess step up. And as funny as it would have been if they didn't show up to practice or if they did like the walk there and then like walk out. I guess it was nice to see Lowry show some leadership. Wendell Carter showed some leadership. Like the Bulls, like you mentioned, like the Bulls have some nice young players that Paxson has drafted with Lowry and with Wendell Carter. Nice future there, but just as a whole, like I don't, these guys might seem good and like have good leadership qualities, but in terms of like developing them and having like an actual winning culture, probably just not going to fucking happen with this current this current setup. Go to my column and read the comment left by Running Man uh, at two oh five. He said, I hate to be the one to bring this up, but something that clicked when I was reading your article, it's actually not surprising that Lowry and Robin were the most willing to give Boylan the benefit of the doubt and were maybe a bit less offended by his tactics. They're literally the only two non-black guys on the roster, except for Ryan Archie Diacono, who's going to go with the flow in his position just to be grateful to have made it. Like, I mean, we're not in the position to talk about that, but like... You can't have a coach treating professionals this way. Like, of course these guys are going to look at this old white guy yelling at him and making him do push-ups and being like, fuck you. Like, wh- why? What loyalty do we have to you? Like, why? why? Why do you get to make the call on this? And it's just so sad, Jason, because it's a reflection of Paxson. It's a reflection of ownership. And it's just more proof that, you know, the Bulls can always sell their hope of we're going to sign Anthony Davis. 
No, you're fucking not. Because you've yeah. never signed a good free agent. And why the fuck would Anthony Davis go to this fucked up franchise with these idiots running it? He'd be crazy. Right. He's yeah. going to go to the Lakers. He's going to go somewhere where it's not cold. Go to Boston. Like, He's, God, they're idiots, Jason. They're idiots. Idiots. I'm just mad. Now you got me all worked up. I got you fired up. I mean, what else? What else are you supposed to do with with, with this? Just this madness. Like it's it's the Bulls are they're a laughing stock right now. Like it's just it's a simple matter. Like there's columns being written all over the country. National writers like my my Twitter timeline is just everybody laughing at the Bulls. The the Kings players are laughing at them. Like they're everyone's laughing at them. Like it's just crazy. Like, I just don't know how you can like see this. Like I feel like. These guys, Paxton, like, or Foreman, or one of them, I feel like they need to, like, address this, maybe. Like, I know they're, I guess they're obviously, they were, it seems like they've been a part of these meetings, which, like, I'm not sure how you feel about that. Like, how they were part of, like, the team meeting on Sunday. Like, I feel like, I don't know if that should really be a thing. And maybe, I mean, maybe, if they were, like, maybe come out and address what's going on here. Like, not that it's going to matter to us. Like, we'll, we'll still rip on them anyways. But, like, like, there's all this stuff. Your, your, like, French organization is, like, is crumbling. You're a laughing stock. And you're just, like, sitting there. And like letting Jim Boylan like take all, get bombed like basically, shoot himself in the foot every time he opens his mouth like, I don't know, I just don't know what else to really say like, it's just a hot mess. All right, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't, even, I don't even know what else to say. Like I said, they got a game coming up against in Mexico City against the Magic on Thursday, so they have a couple days off because of the travel and all that stuff. They're gonna have a team dinner. I think they said tonight. Build that. Maybe they're gonna pick a uh, pick a leader of the leadership committee <laughs> for that. Get that. Get that rolling. Uh, besides that, no, I mean it's just it's what really it is right now. The Bulls have a ton of drama. They're bad. They're getting their ass kicked. I have no idea how they won that Thunder game. That might be maybe the most like outrageous win of the season. So I know there have been a couple other big upsets, but like I don't know how they ended up pulling that game out of their ass. I think the Thunder probably just they played like crap at the end of a road trip and had no interest. And we're just bad. And the Bulls had, they were, the Bulls had lost like seven in a row. So I guess they were due for a lucky win. But I mean, it's just, it's just all bad right now. And they, that might not be in the long term, being this, being all this bad and all this shitty, maybe it turns out to not be the worst thing if there's actual accountability and changes made. But right now, it's just, it's just not, it's just not a good thing. And if it keeps going like this, we're going to keep bringing the fire in the future. So I guess expect, uh, expect yeah, we're gonna more have... uh, uh, swearing and a bunch of, Hating in the future. I guess if it's gonna keep going like this, just hate, 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 hate. I hate you. I hate you. I hate. I really hate you. Like just hate, hate, hate. Play a haters club. Bulls edition. Uh, but it's gonna get better. Is the problem. And then it will. They're getting. They have their good players back. It's gonna get better. Markin's back. He's balling out a little bit. Dunn, while he still has, there's a lot of questions about Chris Dunn. Still, like, there's no doubt he's a major player. The point guards already on the roster. Portis, I thought was primed for a huge year before he ended up getting hurt. Uh, so, you know, just with those guys coming back, the Bulls will be better. I would be surprised if they are any worse than the fourth worst team in the league. I think Atlanta's worse. I think the Suns are worse. I think the Knicks are probably worse. Cavs, uh, uh, Tristan was with Tristan Thompson. Now going to be out like a month. Like the worst for sure. So, yeah, the Suns are. I, I mean, you talk about d- dysfunction. I think Andrew Sharp wrote a uh, column today at Sports Illustrated, just kind of putting the Bulls and Suns together about they're just 
basically pits of despair. And the Suns are like just a, as big of a joke as the Bulls are. Like those two are basically just like the height of dysfunction. And that's I think the I haven't read the column yet. I was going to. Uh, just, I think it just he ties into the ownership thing. Like it all goes up to the ownership. Robert Sarver is a terrible owner in Phoenix. The ownership has been an issue here because nothing's changed at the top. So it all starts at the top and goes down. The Suns they're like four and twenty three maybe. Devin Booker's hurt. They have a, they've had, they've been drafting in the top five, top ten for years, and they haven't gone anywhere. Like I guess Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton like got into a, re, a heated exchange recently. So like they're they're just as big of a mess. So yeah, the Suns are definitely a team that's going to be worse. Uh, like you mentioned, I, the Hawks are definitely worse, and I feel like the Cavs will be worse. The Bulls probably are staring at four or five. I, like I've been thinking about how many wins they. I mean, right now they're what sixteen under five hundred, right? Were they six and twenty two? I mean, I guess you hope that they go like maybe ten games under five hundred the rest of the way. That even, that might even be worse than they should be. I mean, that'd be twenty six under, which would be like twenty eight wins. I don't know where that would really put them. That probably would put them in about that that similar spot. So, so I guess you just gotta hope that whatever see these other, these other teams win some lucky games. The Bulls, I, like I don't want them to like. I, I both do want them to suck, but I also, like, don't want, like, the core to look so shitty that there's, like, there's, just, like, really no hope. Like, maybe there's just, like, you don't like anybody in this core. You, you just want them to get this legit superstar, Zion Williamson, and basically just go with him and maybe one or two of these other parts, and that's fine. But, like, I would like to see some of these guys, like, play well together, I guess, but I just, I just don't want them to win. So it's, like, it's almost kind of tough at this point where, like, I want them to look awful. I want everything to be terrible, but I do also kind of want some of these guys to look good together because I do like some of these players. Like it's, it's back and forth there. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we talk about tanking, it's like, it's not like the players are going to go out there and try to lose. Like right. that means a competitive motherfucker. So is Larry Markkinen. Wendell Carter's too smart for that. They're going to go out there and try to win, but yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it all comes down to the front office. Don't blame the players. Don't blame the coach. It's literally all on Reinsdorf because there's only so much you can give Reinsdorf, who's in his 80s and who's not going anywhere right now. Uh, it falls to Paxson. It's like Paxson is the guy who Reinsdorf has handpicked to run the shit show. How good was that Reinsdorf quote that I found uh, oh. from 2009 when Paxson tried to quit the first time? Reinsdorf said in an interview, I have no doubt that this is not John Paxson's fault. I have tremendous faith in John Paxson or some bullshit like that. <laughs> yeah, man. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I guess that's 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 about all I think all I got right now. Like I it'll be interesting to see where this goes from here. I it feels like it can't get lower, but maybe it does. Like you so said, it feels like they should play better with these these young players, but maybe it just it gets somehow worse because I don't know if if Boylan truly like has lost them like already and they like don't and they just basically quit on him like I guess it could get worse even if they are like decent players and they have their better players back if they just flat out just don't want to play for him like maybe it does get worse I don't know <laughs> I don't know yep. you know man this is this is our life as Bulls fans <laughs> yes we'll see we will see uh what they got I, next what's what's on the upcoming schedule uh, I said Magic on Thursday. Uh, let me see who will come after that. Uh, one second here. Schedule. Thursday, Magic. And then 
They go, okay, so probably two losses after that. Saturday, they go at San Antonio, at Oklahoma City, and then they'll have a stretch where they can win some games. Uh, they got home against the Nets, home against the Magic at Cleveland. Like, that's a week where they could win win three games in a row, potentially. Like, will they actually do it? Who knows? But, like, if they lose to the Magic, and they're probably looking at 6-25 and 25 going into that stretch of games where they could probably win a bunch of them. So, I guess, probably just kind of hope for that. And then maybe they'll start playing a little better. They'll get in a little more rhythm with the guys healthy. But, yeah, doesn't really get much easier over the next week or so until uh, the, the following week. So, I All guess... Right. I guess we'll see. It's only going to get worse. Yeah. Well, uh, is that, do you got anything else? Or are we good? I got nothing to say. Man. Uh, I said right. my piece. Yeah, we, you said your piece and what a piece it was. Um, so definitely go check out Ricky's column about John Paxson firing himself, bloggable.com. It is 1,500 words of straight fire. Uh, please. Listen to Cash Considerations podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you want. Uh, so, yeah, this was the Cash Considerations podcast from Jason. This is Ricky. Have a good one, guys.